0: Welcome to the P2P Soapbox, a brand new podcast that amplifies the voices of our peer-to-peer fundraising community and gives us a platform, a soapbox if you will, to discuss the hot topics facing our industry. I'm your host and P2P BFF, Marcy Maxwell, the Managing Director of the Peer-to-Peer Professional Forum. And I'm so excited to introduce you to the guests for our inaugural episode. Do any of you ever feel that despite raising over $1 billion in 2022, peer-to-peer fundraising fails to receive the love it deserves in the world of development or even recognition from top leadership within our nonprofit organizations? How many times have people tried to tell us that walks are dead? Spoiler alert, they're not. In my opinion, These misguided voices fail to comprehend the true power of peer-to-peer fundraising. Peer-to-peer fundraising is the most democratic form of fundraising, empowering individuals directly affected by our missions to come together and raise funds to combat challenges, find cures, promote accessibility in treatments, and ultimately create a better world. It is only when our organizational leaders grasp the potential of peer-to-peer fundraising that we can elevate our efforts to unparalleled levels of success, which is why I am so happy to have two such leaders joining me for our inaugural podcast episode. Joining us today are Julie Fleshman, President and CEO of the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network, also known as Pancan, and Peter Cashin who is a Purple Stride team captain and member of the PANCAN Board of Directors, and some of you might remember him as the recipient of the 2023 Cash Sweat and Tears Award that was presented at the 2023 conference in Washington, D.C. last February. Before we dive into our conversation, let me tell you a little bit more about these two impressive individuals and the organization they represent. The Pancreatic Cancer Action Network leads the way in accelerating critical progress for pancreatic cancer patients by funding life-saving research, providing personalized patient services, and creating a community of supporters and volunteers who will stop at nothing to create a world in which all pancreatic cancer patients will thrive. And Julie and Peter are two of the people powering this very important mission. Julie's commitment to the fight against pancreatic cancer began after she lost her dad to the disease just four months after his diagnosis and at the age of just 52. In 1999, Julie was hired as Pancan's first employee, and fast forward, in 2004, she became president and CEO. Under her leadership, Pancan has grown amazingly from a staff of one with annual revenues of $228,000 to a staff of over 175 with a budget of over $58 million. And one of Julie's partners along the way has been Peter Cashin. By day, Peter is the Managing Investment Director of Sustainable Investments for CalPERS. But by night, he has become a passionate fundraiser for PanCan and a member of its board of directors since he and his two teenage sons lost their wife and mother, Andra, to pancreatic cancer in 2013. To date, Team Andra has raised more than half a million dollars for PanCan through its signature event, Purple Stride. On today's episode, Julie and Peter will be sharing their deeply personal stories of losing loved ones to pancreatic cancer and how they found new purpose through fundraising and a sense of community in Purple Stride. We'll also dive into how they're mobilizing their board to participate in peer-to-peer fundraising and the incredible impact it has on their staff and volunteers. Plus, we'll explore the thought process behind moving all Purple Stride walks to the same day nationwide. Now let's dive right in. Here's my conversation with Pan Cans, Julie Fleshman and Peter Cashin. Julie and Peter, welcome to the P2P Soapbox podcast.
1: Thank you. Thank
2: you very much.
0: We are so excited. This is not only are we excited to launch our inaugural podcast, I could not be more excited than having the two of you as our very first guests. You know, Peter, I know you and I got the chance to meet Back in February, when, spoiler alert, you were the winner of our annual Cash Sweat and Tears Award for your work with Pancan's Purple Stride program. And Julie, I've gotten the chance to meet so many members of your fantastic team over the past few years that I'm just so delighted that you agreed to join us as well.
1: Well, thank you for featuring us on your first podcast. We're, we're thrilled and, and happy to put a spotlight on Pancan.
0: Absolutely. Well, so Julie, you are the CEO of Pancreatic Cancer Action Network. Can you just tell us a little bit about your background, your your personal journey, your professional journey? What led you to that role?
1: Sure. Um, thank you for asking. Um, and like many people who get involved in, in missions that have, you know, like PanCan, um, I had a personal story. Uh, Twenty four years ago, my father was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. Uh, He was 52 years old. They couldn't figure out what was wrong with him. Finally diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. And he died four months later. And we were given no options. We were given no hope. And I just couldn't believe that that was the state of the disease. Um, And I was mad. And about that same time, uh, the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network, PANCAN, was founded um, by three people who had also lost parents to the disease. And I was lucky to be connected with this very, you know, young organization at the time. Um, and I signed up to volunteer. <laughs> and uh, volunteering led from one thing to the another. Um, and I ended up being hired as the first employee in 2000, so 20, over 23 years ago now. Um, and I've just, you know, had the Privilege of leading this um, this organization, of being a part of the pancreatic cancer community, um, and getting to you know work with people like Peter, who we're all going to meet in a minute, um, who all have personal stories about why PanCan is important to them and why you know we're all working so hard to change outcomes for pancreatic cancer patients.
0: Oh, Julie, that's that's what a beautiful way to honor. Your dad dedicating a, a lifelong career to curing the disease that, that took him from you. Really amazing to hear. And then it also makes me chuckle a little bit because I think about all those volunteers you work with and just think they could all be our CEOs one day. They could all become employed and be our CEOs. So, so Peter, I know you have a somewhat similar journey in how you got involved with PanCan and, and most specifically through the Purple Stride program. Before ultimately finding your way onto the board, can you tell us a little bit about that story?
2: Sure. Thanks, Marcy. And let me just say how fortunate we are and grateful that Julie is our CEO for uh, more than twenty years. She's been with the organization, so uh, just an incredible leader and and so passionate. So I have somewhat of a similar uh, story and journey as do a lot of the the board members, having uh, lost people very close to them. Um, my story actually starts back in the fall of 2012. And uh, Andra, my wife, and my two boys, we had just moved back from Turkey and to Washington, D.C. Basically, everything was great. But Andra had a, a slight pain in her side. And just to be cautious, she went and got it checked out. And um, she, at that point, received the devastating news in early 2013 that she was diagnosed with, with pancreatic mm-hmm. cancer. Mm-hmm. And the first thing she said to me, is whatever you do, do not go on the internet. So first, I thought that was kind of a, an odd thing. And second, of course, I went on the internet because she told me not to do it. Of course. I was being like my kids, I guess. And But then I quickly understood why she said that, because there's so much fear, hysteria, and misinformation about this disease. But I found one voice of reason, and her name was Alison Bamberg. And she, was a, she is a patient services representative from Pancan. And she was so incredibly helpful, thoughtful, kind, and informative. And she really was a partner with us uh, throughout this, this pr- process and this journey. So that was the first connection, basically the first day of diagnosis um, that I had with Pancan. Four months later, Andra uh, is going through treatment, uh, really courageous, doing the chemo, radiation. And at the Infusion Center one day, we came across a pamphlet for uh, the Purple Stride a fundraiser. So I looked at it and said, huh, this is interesting. It was only five weeks away. So I said, let's create a team. And we did. Team Andra was born and we contacted all our friends and family and colleagues. And in just those five weeks, we raised $36,000 and had over 125 people join us at what I then learned was this incredible event that held annually by by PanCan and one of their huge fundraisers. So, and one of the highlights of that day was that Andra could join us and she had chemo the day before, but nothing would keep her away. And she she joined us at the event. Later that year in September, we, we lost Andra to the disease. And at her memorial, I gave a call to action to everyone in attendance and said that, we must rise up against this disease in an act of collective defiance and action. And so we've done that year after year, we come together at Purple Stride, a uh, hundred people strong, um, and fundraising is, has um, been really incredible. In fact, the last four years, each year has been a, a record year for Team Mandra and fundraising, and now we're over 600,000 wow. raised. I just checked the, the number today. And so, you know, it's been really quite shocking and surprising. And it's the great thing is it gives my boys a way to fight back against the disease in a concrete manner uh, because it's so hard to lose a parent and to know then know not what, to, not what to do. So this gives them that outlet. And, you know, this it has been the exception for Team Andra to grow year after year to these last four years. And that's really because Andra was so exceptional. So we're just very happy and and honored to be able to contribute to PanCAN through Purple Stride.
0: You have become a true peer-to-peer fundraiser. If you were checking the numbers today to make sure you <laughs> had the number correct, I will say, Peter, you've been bitten by the peer-to-peer bug. I, I, I love thought it. It was
2: much lower, so I was like, <laughs> no, I love. Well, and I
0: think you know it's such a a testament to. Why walks exist in the first place at so many organizations? They didn't even start off as fundraisers, they started off as a way for people who were all going through the same diagnosis you know, not only those with the disease, but their caregivers, their loved ones to to find community and meet other people at a time when a lot of these cancers still had a stigma attached. And then they've bloomed into this, you know, billion dollar fundraising concept that is out there for so many different organizations. Um, I know, Julie, when I first met Peter, listening to him, a lot of it was talking about how he turned that role as a team captain into actually joining your board, which I know is something that so many organizations would love to have someone with a passion for peer-to-peer fundraising on their board. Can you tell us a little bit about the first time you met him and what what you saw in him that made you want to invite him onto the board?
1: Yeah, I mean, we're very lucky to have Peter on our board of directors. Um and you could hear him, you know, even when he talks about Andra today, right? Just the the heartfelt um commitment um to obviously to her but but also through her to PanCan. Um so PanCan used to host what we called Purple Stride breakfasts. Um, and we would host them in different cities around the country. PANCAN hosts 59 Purple Stride events in different communities. Washington DC is one of our largest um, Purple Stride events. And we were hosting a a Purple Stride breakfast where we invite top team captains and sponsors and different volunteers in the community to come and get them excited and revved up for for this year's um, Purple Stride event. And Peter was one of the featured speakers and he got up and you know, he's so articulate and so passionate and so authentic. I mean, you hear it just when he talks today and he got up and there wasn't a dry eye in the house um, as he told his story about Andra and his boys and why, you know, Pan Camp Purple Shry was so important to him. And You know, so that was my sort of first um, introduction to him and then had the opportunity from that to get to know him even better and thought, wouldn't it be extraordinary to have someone on the board who really is passionate about Purple Stride? Purple Stride is PanCan's number one fundraising event. It is the number one way we fund our mission. Um, And to have someone on the board who really understands You know, not only why it's important from a fundraising perspective and actually puts his money where his mouth is and goes out and raises funds, but also really understands how important it is from a community perspective, right? This idea of bringing people together, of bringing families together when the patient is alive and fighting. And then still providing that opportunity after that um, for the, you know, family and friends to still come together and celebrate whoever's life it is that that they're celebrating. So... Um, you know, ha- more conversations with Peter. Um, our, our the chair of our board at the time happened to also live in Washington D.C. So we we took Peter to dinner and you know <laughs> wrangled his arms and tied him up and said, Peter, you have to join the board. No, he he was he was um, I think thrilled and honored to be invited, and we were thrilled and honored to be able to have him join our board of directors.
2: I have to say, I was a bit surprised when they asked me, I met, met them for dinner, and I was like, really? Who, who, you mean me? <laughs> so, but no, it's it's been an incredible uh, experience.
0: Well, you know, it is it is so interesting that what you said, though, Julie, is how many organizations struggle with getting their board to engage, let alone understand peer-to-peer fundraising. And... There could be a million different reasons why, you know, whether that they're more focused on governance, whether some people would rather put on a fancy dress than tennis shoes and focus on a gala, or whether they're just more focused on capital campaigns or all the different revenue streams out there. But it's just so critical to, especially when it's one of your biggest fundraisers. So, Peter, can you talk a little bit about how your enthusiasm for Purple Stride, you know, how are you using that to? mobilize your the, your peers on the board to get involved? And, you know, what kind of a response are you receiving from your fellow board members?
2: So I think uh, COVID was really a turning point. Um, prior to COVID, there was good engagement from the board on Purple Stride. But the reality is people came into the organization through different channels. Mm-hmm. And I was probably, there was only a few of us that came in from the grassroots Purple Stride side. Um so everyone was very well aware it's our biggest fundraiser it's important but uh, you know it, not everyone had large teams and was out kind of uh uh doing the the event is with with as much enthusiasm which is fine and and that's understandable but I think what was a real turning point was covid and then coming back after covid because of course we didn't have an event for 2 years and we said let's have it all in one day let's get all the board members really engaged excited and um let's really you know even have like friendly competitions between teams and who who will, who who can uh you know lead in this month and and what new ideas do people have for for getting uh, larger teams and increasing fundraising and in the run up, we have we exchange some emails and have some, as I said, friendly competition. And after everyone shares their photographs. And I think those that hadn't been f- frequented or those that were new to the board as well were really awestruck by the event because it's just such an incredible coming together. Um, it's inspirational. It's emotional. And you just see this force in this reaction against this disease. And this collective action that's taking place. So once um, someone is, if someone hasn't attended, once they see it and live it and, and experience it, they're they, they're completely sold, and this is the best thing we ever. And you know, we want to keep coming back year and year, year on year. So it's it, the, the response from the board has really been uh, outstanding, and we've now created a board subcommittee uh, to. Um, come up with new ideas or do we need to make modifications uh, and then conveying that to the larger board and also, you know, gently encouraging that uh, we, we all need to be there and uh, it's going to be a fun event. And, you know, PenCan itself has been great in terms of providing support and making sure that if they have speaking engagements, if they'd like, introducing them around to key sponsors and really doing that networking as part of our role as a board member.
1: Yeah, and no. I would say Peter really helped to inspire, to even me, right? As the leader, you sort of, you know, I got to a point where you sort of accept that the board's not all going to participate in Purple Stride, and I have to be okay with that, and I'm not going to, you know, spend a lot of time focused on it. But I feel like Peter, and then we created this subcommittee that they've re-inspired me to say, no, actually, this is really important for the organization and we need to make sure we're talking about it and getting the rest of the board engaged. So just having him on the board with that energy and spirit, um, I think has really transformed the way the entire board thinks about Purple Stride.
0: Well, and I just think about your your staff, about local staff and local volunteers, knowing that they have the support from the top down is huge. I, I think the first time we met, I just sat there nodding along, listening to you, Peter, and thinking, "Oh my gosh, I bet everybody, every organization wishes they had this." So, so Julie, thinking about if there's people that are listening today that are, are thinking like I was thinking when I first met Peter, gosh, I would love to have my board more involved with peer-to-peer fundraising, whether it's a walk or whether it's a big cycling event or whatever their event might be. You know what? What advice would you have for? you know, the local staff, the leadership about making that a priority?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I really highly recommend finding someone who's already committed, right, already passionate. You're not trying to talk them into it. They're already doing it. Um, and you might have to actually go to your local staff to identify the person, right? I mean, ultimately, th- this might already be a top team captain or someone that's already very actively involved at the at the local level that maybe national staff doesn't even know about, right? Mm-hmm. And so the the local staff can help to identify somebody, um, you know, who who um, you know also has the same expectations that you have for everyone else on the board, but is bringing this different passion and energy around you know, peer-to-peer fundraising, which is so critical for most you know, large nonprofit organizations.
0: Now, Peter kind of alluded to this, but y'all made a very big strategic decision coming out of COVID uh, to move all Purple Stride events to the same day. So they used to happen maybe kind of within a season, but really all throughout the year. So I want to hear about that because that is a very big, it's a big decision. There's a lot I'm sure that went into the decision-making process. So can you just kind of share a little bit about how did that idea come to be? You know, How'd you get your communications teams on board, your communities on board, and how has it been received? This is now the second year of the single day event, I believe, right. right?
1: Correct. Yep. We just had the second.
0: Awesome. Well, Julie, I'll start with you. You know, can you tell me a little bit about how this big change happened?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, as you said, it was 59 events on different days, you know, throughout the year, Um. you know, kind of focused in the fall and then in the spring, but still on lots of different dates throughout the year. COVID happens, of course. Now we're virtual. And, you know, our team was really trying to think about, you know, how do we come out after the pandemic? how do we continue to innovate? How do we think about this differently? Um, You know, are walks still going to be as exciting to everyone after the pandemic, right? I mean, just kind of all of those things we were brainstorming around and thinking around. And, you know, one of the one of the things that you're not able to do when you have 59 events all on different days is you really have to then have a marketing plan that's individual for each of those events, right? It's the Washington, D.C. events happening on this date and the L.A. ones happening on this date. And so it's much more of an individual sort of segmented marketing and communication plan than an overarching, you know, everybody come out and, and help support us. And so that's really through a lot of brainstorming this idea of, well, what if we moved all of the events to one day that where we really could have, right, this this overarching marketing and communications plan, doesn't matter where you live, this is the date, sign up. Um, You know, from a sponsorship perspective, you could get sponsors excited because they're now sponsoring, you know, all of these events across the country on this day, right? So they're just, we thought there was a lot of sort of momentum behind this idea, especially from a marketing, you know, advertising awareness um, perspective, And then, of course, came the question, well, while it sounds great, can we actually pull that off? Can we actually operationalize, you know, 59 events all in the same day? So as you can imagine, that first year leading up to the first one, um, which was in 2022, um, you know, there was a lot of emphasis on um, operationally, you know, pulling this off. And we had to make some changes for what kind of pan can at the staff level was responsible for and what local volunteers were responsible for. I mean, so there was a lot of change. Um, And we had to communicate this to the volunteers, which, you know, that Purple Stride was one of the things that people were passionate about, that they felt ownership over the event that they were hosting in their community. Um, and so there was a lot of you know, back and forth communication with everybody, um, internal and external, about why this might be the best thing for the organization, why this was continuing to be innovative, um, and how everybody could still have a role in it sort of moving forward. So um, we pulled it off um, last year, 2022, the first one. So operationally, we did it. <laughs> Um, and now we can just, you know, continue to, um, you know, improve and innovate um, on on that concept.
0: So now is Team Andra fundraising in multiple cities on the same day all over the country?
2: Uh, all over the world, in fact. I love it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we have a broad network. So yeah, we even try to exceed the borders of, of the U.S. But. Um, Yes, it was, it was a, um, a surprise. I remember we had the board meeting. It was virtual, of course. And I was surprised because, you know, I hadn't thought of it. You're just so ingrained that, yeah, the second Saturday of June, it's going to be Purple Stride in D.C. Um, but, you know, it's a testament to, to the innovation and the entrepreneurialism of Pancan. Because it's always asking, what can we do differently? What can we do better? How can we have a bigger impact? And COVID and the the absence of the event or the live events for two years gave us that opportunity to really do a rethink. And I remember after the meeting thinking, you know, this this actually makes sense uh, in is is the right choice. Of course, provided logistically it can it can happen. And you know, of course, PanCAN has made it happen. And again, this was a role of the board subcommittee to to work with Julie and her team. To see, okay, practically, can we do it? Where are we in the process? Do we have the right partner uh, to to lead on the logistics? Um, and um, yeah, it's for me and for the other board members. It's it's definitely been the right choice. Um, you know, just kind of uh, uh, with your community, they're all accustomed to June, so. It actually has taken a couple of iterations to, um, you know, introduce April thirtieth as is the new day or April 29th. So, uh, but now now I think that's in sync and people have said, oh, okay, now now it's April, not June, but it still works. Um, so I think it's a testament to the entrepreneurialism and the int- the appeal of being able to develop national sponsorship. So as long as you can do it logistically. It's it's a very sensible targeted thing to do, um, so yeah, I think this is this is here to here to stay.
1: I think the other thing that we've been able to do also is the the volunteers are you know competing against each other, right? Because now you have a leaderboard and it's all happening at the same time. And who's the top team in the country? And who's the top three teams in this event versus this event? So it's it's created competition, but also really camaraderie. Right across all of our, all of our affiliates and our volunteers across the country and an opportunity to share best practices, I think just in a different way than we were able to do it when it was sort of all dispersed um, at different times. And you know, the goal is, as we continue to get better at it, that there's also economies of scale, um, you know, by bringing it all together on one day.
0: Absolutely. So I I will say, I actually have led a a single day walk program uh, in my uh, in my past experience, and one of the things that I loved everything that you just said, but it's also the synergy with the staff of everybody's rowing the boat in the same direction, the way you can stay on track with milestones, and then just frankly, the way you can get the whole organization involved. I know when I led a single day event you know, many years ago, it was, we didn't have enough staff to really manage all the events. So suddenly we're sending somebody from HR to go help at an event, and someone from legal, and some from marketing. And at first we thought, oh, we're just kind of filling in the gaps, but it became a coveted opportunity and such a great learning opportunity for all of these other non frontline fundraisers to get out there on the front lines and start to have a deeper understanding of the type of work that's done in the local markets. And it became just such a win-win opportunity for the organization. And so I'm, I am I remember when I heard, I was very excited that y'all were making that change. This has been fantastic. Um, I would love to know, Julie, if people are sitting here listening and going, this all sounds great. I want to get more involved. You know, where can our listeners learn more about what you're doing with PanCan, what's going on with Purple Stride? Where can we send them?
1: Yeah, go to pancan.org is a great place to learn a lot more about all the things that we're doing um, from a programmatic perspective to drive our mission, but also how to get involved, whether that's getting involved in one of our local affiliates around the country, whether that's making a donation, um, whether it's directing someone that you know that needs patient services because somebody's been diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. um, writing a letter to your member of Congress to help us with our advocacy efforts, right? There's lots of ways that, that people can get involved and they can find all of that information on our website.
0: That's great. And we're going to have that linked in our show notes as well as... Um, some LinkedIn information for Peter and Julie if you want to get in touch. But I'll just say thank you all so much. Is there any any kind of parting words you want to leave with our our listeners for our very first episode of the Peer to Peer Soapbox podcast?
2: Well, I'd just like to thank Peer to Peer Network and for, for launching this uh, Soapbox podcast and for uh, also giving us the opportunity to be the, the lead ones. Uh, that's really appreciated and an honor. And we love to talk about PanCan and, and the great work it's doing and the support that it will provide uh, to anyone out there who is uh, facing the disease.
1: Yeah. And I'm just grateful. You know, I, every organization has amazing people like Peter. Um, and as leaders, we're all so incredibly grateful. I, am, I don't have the right words to say how grateful and appreciative I am to Peter um, for what he's done for Purple Stride for Team Andra, for just Pancan as a whole. And we're so lucky to have someone like him on our board of directors. And, and I hope that others were inspired today by that and go out and find themselves a Peter to, to sit on their board and, and, and inspire the, the board to that why peer-to-peer fundraising is so critically important
0: couldn't have said it better. Why peer-to-peer fundraising is so critically important. is what we're here to talk about. So thank you all both so much. We were so lucky to have the two of you join us for our inaugural episode. And we will see you again on our next episode.
2: The P2P Soapbox is produced in partnership with True Story FM, engineering by Pete Wright. Music this week is by Stephen Beddall. If your podcast app allows ratings and reviews as a new show, we hope you'll consider doing that for us. But the best thing that you can do to support the P2P Soapbox is simply to share the show with a few friends and colleagues. Thank you for listening and welcome to the show.